Welcome to Front Office Bros. Today, we're going to be talking about IDP Week 12 recap, as well as a Week 13 preview. With us today is a special guest making his first appearance with Front Office Bros, which is none other than Mace Riney. Mace is a ranker at Fancy Six Pack and Fancy Pros, and he also reviews the Senior Bowl. Uh, thanks so much for joining, Mace. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, kind of last second. You know, we have something that works weeks from now. Um, ready to get into it, ready to talk about these studs, duds, and get our predictions out there, man. Try to manifest something. Hut, hut, hike! So, Mace, let's start it off here with the studs. Who, you know, who, who stood out to you in week 12? Yeah, so someone who uh, a lot of people were kind of putting on the back burner at the beginning of the season. Uh, he had an ACL last November against the Detroit Lions, actually, where they lost, I think, 15 to like 7 or 15 to 9. Um, so I guess he had a lot of extra motivation in this game. That is um, Rashawn Gary, uh, edge linebacker, whatever you want to call him, outside guy. He had 33 fantasy points this uh, past week, 12, according to Fantasy Pros. Um, the tackles aren't always there, but the uh, sacks come in bunches. He's got 40 pressures all season, nine sacks, which is, ties him for 15th um, in the league. And then his reps really started going up in like week seven. I think that's when he started to come back around. So. Um, he's only got four snaps on the interior and two box snaps. So he's mainly just an outside guy. It really sucks though. Cause in the Yahoo leagues, man, he's a linebacker. So not a lot of people play him in the sh- uh, shorter leagues, but still a monster week, a uh, monster story. Really happy for the guy. Yeah. That's why I'm a big fan of true position. If you know what that is, I, you know, he really does. He's not your conventional inside linebacker. He's a pass rusher. He's an edge rusher. So he really, you know, the way the NFL does it, you know, they stay, they put it in the position, but he really is on the, on the edge. But uh, needless to say, he's been a dud of ours for <laughs> quite a few weeks. I think he had you, I think you've been talking about him, Joe, your former Michigan man, you know, kind of talking badly about him. I think he heard you and was motivated, <laughs> but um, you know, nice to see him turn it around. You know, we, I mean, I mean, Joe, I mean, were we kind of worried? Would he turn it around? I mean, he had that ACL injury, you know, when we've seen, you know, as me as a Bills fan, you know, we're trying to figure out where Von Miller is. He can't, you know, there's nowhere to be found here. Uh, You know, were you concerned or this was a a breath of fresh air here with Rashawn Gary? What do you think? Yeah, I think it definitely was. I mean, just to see him, I mean, he had a three-set game. Uh, you know, on on Thanksgiving, and he made he had a big game. So it was nice to see, you know, you'd kind of seen it in, prior weeks where he was getting the pressure just wasn't actually getting the sack so he had a feeling that you know something like this was coming for him absolutely so joe who was your stud from week 12 yeah this week i'm going with uh james bradbury he had uh he played 100 of the snaps he had an impressive day with five pass deflections and one of those pass deflections being an interception as well you know he was uh targeted quite a few times in this one which allowed you to get a decent amount of points out of him. And those pass deflections, if you know, with the true big play scoring is pretty big. Yeah. I mean, when I saw Bradbury, I think he had, I want to say five pass deflections. That's a lot for a corner. I mean, I mean, that's a very good humble amount there. And, but it probably helped. I think Josh Hamm threw 51 times in the game. I actually didn't really recognize, I didn't really notice him in the game. Maybe I was so consumed with how the Bills' offense was moving that I really wasn't thinking about who was covering who. Uh, you know, I didn't, you know, wasn't like, oh, is it Slay? Is it Bradbury? But yeah, very impressive performance, uh, you know, considering that the Eagles' secondary has been not so good. But that play that he made in, in you know, for the interception was pretty impressive. 
Yeah, dude had 95 snaps. So that's a lot of opportunity out there. I mean, <laughs> that's, you know, two games for some teams. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy that the Eagles defense is out there for 95 snaps. <laughs> that's wild. But, I mean, when you're getting 13 targets a game, that's, I mean, that's kind of what you expect, right? I mean, if you're in the PFF grades, you did grade pretty well last game. But, yeah, man, those those targets are nuts. That was his first pick of the year, too. And then, five, like you said, five pass deflections. That's, that's some dude's season right there. So yeah, that's, that's insane. That's really insane. <laughs> so my stud from from week twelve is a guy who I'm surprised I we haven't talked about this guy all year. Uh, to be honest with you, but it's because probably because you've given him so much disrespect, Joe, over this past off season. <laughs> uh, but that's that's the Neil Hunter. Uh, you know, context here. Joe had him as a free agent. Said I don't want this guy. He's super inconsistent. He's not any good. Well, he he showed oh. you, Joe. He's having quite the year. Uh, and I wish, kind of wonder if I should have, and Mace, I'd be curious for your thoughts. I traded him away. I had him on a, a, a fantastic deal. Traded him away for a 2025 first, which I thought was pretty good value, but I'm almost wondering, like, yeah, I might want to, I could have got a little bit more. But anyways, needless to say, we'll get back on that. Uh, you know, he played 63 total snaps, nine total tackles, seven pressures, which was one and a half sacks, a forced fumble. He co-leads the lead for sacks around 13 and a half, 14 sacks. He had a PFF grade of 77.4. I got to tell you, I really, I like Daniel Hunter. I did not, I, I'll admit, I did not see him doing this well this season, uh, but he has really excelled. You know, you got to remember, Zadarius Smith, his running mate, left. Right, he got traded, went over to Cleveland. Who does he really have? I mean, he's got DJ Wanham, who Wanham has been good, but he hasn't been a guy who was like, okay, I'm really impressed by this guy. So, who else did he have in that defensive, you know, line room to really help? He didn't really have any help. Now, plus, you know, he's holding out. He wants more money. He's dealt with some neck injuries and all these other. So, I mean, he's not been the most health healthiest guy, but man, he has had a phenomenal season this year. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to get the floor to you guys now. I, I talked I talked him up enough. Thoughts on Daniil Hunter, and what do you think? Did, did I trade him away too soon? I traded him like six or seven weeks ago for that first-round pick in 2025. Yeah, um, I like the trade, honestly. He was drafted in 2015, I think. So uh, with the history and whatnot, if it is it IDP, or the IDP only league, or is it offense? No, it's, it's, it's offense and, and full a w, defense. Bro. That's a W right there, for sure, because you can get an offensive player right there like, no disrespect, but unless I don't know, it'd have to be at the back backhand of the first round for me to take a defensive player. I mean, obviously you'd have to look at scoring, but in your everyday normal leagues, so I'm gonna take offense before I take defense. And I hate saying it being an IDP enthusiast, but that's still that's a smart move, man. So for you to move a guy that is having a stellar season, um, someone jumping on that, that's that's amazing for you, especially if you are contending or something like that. I like Daniel Hunter because, yeah, like you said, he's got – who else does he have with him? He's got Wanham on the outside and the right – or the right outside linebacker, left outside, whichever side, whatever. Um, Tonga, Phillips, and Bullard in the middle. And Phillips has been a decent spot starter, but that's not like a DeForest Buckner or, you know, even an upcoming Jalen Carter. That's not that's not someone that's going to be plugging the lane for you. So for him to be doing what he's doing and to be leading the league, especially coming out of the fog, man, in the offseason, that's really something special. It is impressive. But, yeah, definitely finessed on that trade. All right, what does the naysayer say? Well, look, you, 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 
You said all the reasons in your opening thing there why I was not wanting to resign him. You know, injury history, the fact that he was holding out in the offseason, his running mate said Arius Smith was gone. I was like, is he really going to do all this by himself, which which he is. But just looking at things, you know, whether or not I was going to pay him, he wanted a decent amount of money as well. Um, and I wasn't the only one that didn't want him. You got him on a pretty good deal. I um, did. So I wasn't the only one that's kind of off him, but mostly it was because when I traded for Dean Hunter, I didn't get my money back for what I invested in him at the end of last season. So then oh, I was, man. I just saw him at the end of last year. He was just disappointing. He wasn't putting up the same numbers that, you know, prior that he was prior to me getting him in the trade. Yeah. To Joe's credit, everyone else in the league decided to pass on him. And I was like, Oh, this is a smoking deal. I got it. I got it. You know, and what do you know? I turned it into a first that worked out pretty good, but he's only 28 years old. The thing is, he is a free agent next year, so long as who knows, maybe the Vikings tag him at this point. I mean, they probably aren't good. You don't let this type of guy just walk away. Uh, maybe they'll re sign him. I don't know. And we have Brian Flores. Does Brian Flores stay? I think he would, but maybe he'd be considered for a coaching candidate spot. Who knows? Any final thoughts on Dion Hunter before we go over to the Duds, boys? Well, I think, uh, like you said, I think Brian Flores has a lot to possibly do with his success there um just with the way that he does those exotic blitzes and then shows blitz drops people off i think you know confuses the offensive line and i think the new hunter is taking advantage of it yeah i think daniel hunter's having a really good year but as far as dynasty goes uh if you can offload for a i don't know king's ransom like you got i mean maybe not the king's ransom but first round pick uh and a can join league go ahead and do that so are you enjoying this video so far? Well, if you are, show your support to our new channel by hitting the subscribe button and liking this video. We'll be creating videos all NFL season long, so you're not going to want to miss what we have in store. All right, so going over to the duds now. Who is your dud from Week 12, Mace? Okay, so I guess uh, not, not that painful for me being a Niners fan, but uh, it kind of sucks just because <laughs> I have this guy actually in a lot of places because a lot of people were off on him in redraft. Uh, Aaron Donald. He did have 42 snaps, and the Rams did kind of run away, I think, with the game. But uh, you got Hoach. I'm butchering his name. Hoche? Hoach? Uh, he's, a, he's one of the defensive Michael Hoach, yeah. Yeah, Hoach, okay. Him, Young, and Turner are just eating up all of Aaron Donald's points, I guess. Aaron Donald gets a lot of hurries, so um, that's great, but hurries don't always get points. So he's, he's running the QB or anyone else off everywhere, so – uh, like I said, he only had one assisted tackle for PFF. Some places have him with nothing. Um, Fancy Pro had him with a straight goose egg, man. So this is – I think he's got three or four games with over 10 fantasy points, and the rest are under. And then on top of that, two of them are zeros. So a lot more sporadic than you would like, especially from a player of his caliber. You think of him. He's, I mean, he's still an elite football player, obviously. He's got the hurries. He's still, you know, busting down the middle. I don't really think anyone's standing him up, so – um, I had him rank at number 11, so I guess it does sting a little bit more than <laughs> I had thought. I haven't got my rankings back yet, so hopefully that doesn't dust me off too bad. But, yeah, definitely a dud for me this week. So, so what do you make of that, Mace? I, I had him as a dud, I want to say, in week two. And I think Joe and Adam scoffed at me for making him a dud in week two. And I questioned whether is he is he showing a little age or not. I mean, obviously he has the hurries, like you said, so – um, the, he's still showing life, but do you think it's just because he's like the, the leader of the pack? Like no one, you know, like he's like, Hey, we need a key on Donald. And if Kobe Turner or Michael host gets points, so be it, but we're not going to get beat by Aaron Donald. 
He's the OG Batman in LA, dude. He's plugging down the line, and that's exactly what you said. There was four sacks on Sunday, and all four of them were not him. They were guys around him. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like you can be great in real life football, and that could not turn into fantasy points. It happens with Fred Warner sometimes. So, you know, it just goes. Yeah, I, you know, I think that is was mine and Adam's point was the fact that, you know it was going to be tough for Andrew Donald because he could get double, triple team and just keyed on because they're just, nobody else is scared by any of the other players around him. And to your point, they'll, they'll let those guys beat them because they don't want number 99 to beat them. And that's first and foremost. <laughs> Man, it's fair. I mean, you don't blame them, right? No, I don't blame them. I mean, if, yeah, like you said, if guys like Kobe Turner and those other guys want to beat us and it's not Aaron Donald, that's fine by me. <laughs> so Joe, who was your dud? From week 12. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Frankie Louvu this week. Uh, he had one solo tackle, one assist a tackle. It breaks a streak that Louvu had. He had six straight games with seven plus tackles. Um, and, you know, uh, with, the, with that production, he did play 100% of the snaps still. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's tough. Just one of those games. <laughs> what do you make of it, Joe? Is it an aberration? Is it something to be concerned about? What do you, what do you make of this one? I'm not that concerned, honestly. I think it's just one of those games that that guys can have. I mean, he he was still out there. I know one of the plays that he did make, um, you know, was a pretty nice play along the goal line, I believe, and he stopped the play. So, I, yeah, I, I'm not con- really that concerned about him going forward. But I mean, he could have had a great opportunity. I mean, Derek Henry was running the ball quite a bit. I mean, he should have been able to get a couple tackles, shouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, a lot of those, especially the big one that he had, was kind of off the edge. And Derrick Henry's still a tough guy to bring down as well. So I can't fault him that much. (laughs) What did you make of his performance, Mace? Well, he's kind of just been like a sporadic tackler. Um, You look at his stuff, he's not really affected by total targets. It's just really like random popcorn, man. He's got guys next to him, though. It's been a revolving door linebacker for them because of injury and different things going on um, with their guys. So why... Why would you target Ruvu if you could target a guy like Gruger Hill? Or I think they had even signed Blake Martinez for a second. Like, they're super desperate, man. (laughs) So instead of going at the guy who is kind of does have a reputation, even though I think he's kind of missed some tackles this year, um, I guess he doesn't, though. But, yeah, 18 missed tackles. So uh, coverage isn't the best, but not all linebackers can cover. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like there's better options for the offense to go to when they're going up against them. Is Blake Martinez still there, or is, is he on? on no. Okay, I was going to say, I, he must have been looking for Snorlax on Pokemon <laughs> Go or something, and he's no longer in Carolina. Sucks, man. I really liked him, too. I honestly, like, right before he that whole thing happened with him, I'm like, yeah, he's top 10. People are like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I think he's still got it. And then, he I, fell off. That's when you talk about with linebackers. Like, they just early fall off. off. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's where Leonard might be in, too. We're not talking about Shaq Leonard, but he might be in that fall-off territory, too. He's got the name, the Maniac, you know, but uh, the Maniac might be uh, might not be there anymore. Yeah. But as, as far as far as Luvu goes, you know, it's interesting. He was a free agent in our league, Joe. One of our owners paid quite a handsome amount for him. I thought it was a mistake. Uh, you know, he had that really good year, really a breakout year last year. Just didn't know if he could really sustain it. And from a dynasty standpoint, I really don't like him going forward. I mean, that Carolina Panthers organization is an absolute mess. 
it's an absolute mess. I have no idea what. I mean, you might as well rip the Band-Aid off. Besides Brian Burns, which I don't. Did they even? Re, they, I don't think they signed Burns long term, did they? I can't even remember. Maybe they did. I don't know. Hold on, look it up. I, I have no idea. I, mean, I I don't know what to think of them. But yeah, like you just said, they have a bunch of guys who are coming off and on IR. Um, Chen, Gross Matos, guys that they've invested decent capital into. Um, are they going to stay there? Are they going to get the Isaiah Simmons treatment? Or are they just going to get cut? Like, I'm not really sure. They could. I mean, are they going to bring in a defensive-minded guy? If not, are they going to bring in a DC who's trying to make a name, trying to start everything fresh? They should. They should start everything fresh. They should go with a new GM. <laughs> the new oh guy. yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. You got to get rid of Fritter too. I mean, if you're going to get rid of of um, Reich, you got to get rid of him too. I feel like you should. You got to. I don't know. I'm just saying that because the Niners did that with Shanahan Lynch, and they ended up kind of working out. So. You gotta get two like-minded individuals who are probably on the same level and willing to give push and take. And I think two guys going in there at the same time is probably the best way to go. So uh, my dud from Week Twelve is a former first-round pick, defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt. Uh, he had a PFF grade of sixty point two, and he had thirty-nine total snaps. And the thing that was interesting to me was he's getting out snapped by T.J. Slayton, and I'm like. And I almost kind of took a step back, and I was like, "Who?" And maybe, maybe I should know who he is. Maybe you guys could, you know, you know, hit me up and be like, "What are you doing? How do you not know who T.J. Slayton is?" But I had to take a double take and be like, "Wait, wait a minute! I know Kenny Clark, T.J. Slayton. I don't think I know that name very well." So um, I, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, he only had one solo tackle. He had some flash games, but other than that, he's been really disappointing. Guy come out of Georgia, had some character issues, slid in the draft. Um, you know, had that ability to, to rush the passer, which if you have an interior defensive lineman who can do that, then then it really means big things. Defensive tackles take a while to develop, so I don't think it's possibly the end of the road for Wyatt, but I got to say, I thought we were starting to see the starts of a breakout. He said he's been pretty disappointing. Yeah, um, he's a guy that I was calling out a couple weeks ago to pick up in Dynasty, just in case if he does eventually get it. Um, he was with Quay Walker, at Georgia. So I feel like they might have that kind of connection. So hopefully as Clay Walker matures and goes into that role, possibly next year um, as the full-time starter, I know Devondre Campbell's still there. So they kind of, you know, hopscotch with the green dot calling plays and whatnot. But I feel like that'll start to uh, hopefully rub off on Devontae Wyatt because he does have the tools. He does have the skill set. He's a big body, take up space. Um, he just hasn't really been able to put it all together, but at the same time, you got, like you said, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Carl Brooks, even, uh, yeah, Kobe Brooks Williams, too. Their rotation is insane. Like they're keeping guys on a cap. Like even Rashawn Gary's getting like forty, and that's on his best day. So um, I, I don't, I don't know. They have a lot of a lot of bodies there and a lot of decent personnel, I think. And so they're just kind of rotating and seeing what's best for them going forward. I think. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that you had him on your uh, dud list here, Steve. I was looking at his stats, and you know, it's like. The last few games, he'd only had like a couple of tackles. He hadn't really been in that impressive, but I guess, you know, you, you did explain it pretty well as far as why you had him on there and he's been a disappointment, but you know that it takes a few years for these guys to, to really develop, especially at the defensive tackle position. Are you trying to say that he's not actually a dud, Joe? Well, I mean, I was looking at him and it's just like the last few weeks he's had like a couple of tackles. So it's like, what are you really, were you really expecting big things out of him this week for him to kind of well, be, he, he's <laughs> been, he's been like the, the dud of duds. I mean, you know, in my view. So it's like from a dynasty standpoint, you draft this guy, you hope that he starts to kind of get a little bit on the mend. I know what you're saying. Defensive tackles take time to develop. So I'm not out on him, but 
you know, earlier the better, right? I mean, go ahead, Mace. It looks like you guys did say something here. Okay, so a guy that I thought was going to take a while to develop, um, somewhat like his game, but he just wasn't polished enough for me, and that's Lucas Van Ness. He has nine pressures this year on 250 snaps, according to BFF. And then you got Wyatt, who's got 361 snaps. He's got 28 pressures. That's fourth on the team. So, like, it's not stellar, amazing, outstanding. But he could be doing what Van Ness is doing. Now, they are in different positions, so don't, you know, come at me and be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> It's like if he's getting more pressure from the inside and he's just there mainly to plug the gaps, then what is this guy doing on the outside? What's going on with the rotation? I don't, I don't think it's more of a player. I think it's just kind of like a coming – like he's he's eventually going to – he's eventually going to get all right, last thought on this, Joe, because you're putting me on the on the pressure here. If you would you trade for him right now from a dynasty standpoint, have you seen enough? Do you believe in him? Would you would you go ahead and try to make a trade to, to acquire him on your team? I don't see why not. I mean, uh, you probably could get him. You know, I, I imagine the owner's probably disappointed. You might be able to get him cheaper than you might expect. And if you do, like, I think eventually he'll turn it around. I mean, we see a lot of times it takes the defensive tackles, you know, year three to really see that uh, breakout from them. And more, more year happens. four or five, honestly. Yeah. Well, you know, our trade deadline's tomorrow. So I expect you to pick up the phone and contact that <laughs> owner to get Devontae Wise. I say, position league, because I think you should definitely send out some feelers. Try to get him as a you know DC two or three going forward, yeah. But just in like your standard league with three, you know, three DLs, eight people or AGMs, probably not. So going over to week thirteen, we're gonna do a preview here. We're gonna go through our pro tip of the week. So Mace, what is your pro tip of the week for week thirteen? Um, don't chase last week's stats. People do it all the time. There are some stats that are I don't know popcorn ish like your sacks and your interceptions. So uh, if a guy had a two-interception game, unless his name's Jerome Bland, uh, <laughs> don't, don't chase last week's stats. And with that, though, you do have a, a prediction as far as this. And I don't think this guy did what this was last week, and he lost his running mate for the year. So you've got, you've got a, a juicy tip here. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with uh, Bradley Chubb, who is up against guard Chris Paul and tackle Charles Leno Jr. for the Washington Commanders. Sam Howell is like the most sacked quarterback in the league, I'm pretty sure, 50-plus times. Um, I think Chubb's going to really go off. I think they're going to have Van Ginkle coming on the other side with uh, – I forget who's on the inside with him as well. But um, I, I don't know. I feel like this is just going to be a, a game for him where he goes off also – there's been a span of every five games. He goes off for two sacks. So I think it started in like week three and then week I don't know, eight. So I guess it's about that time. Mace, I don't, I don't mean to correct you, but it actually it's sack howl. That's how they pronounce it these days. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I like but, that, man. No, I like that. <laughs> yeah, but when it comes down to it, no, I, I agree. Chubb's had a uh, phenomenal year, um, his best in a long time. I didn't think that he would do as well as he's been doing. And even without Jalen Phillips, to, you know, I too as well. So I, I like that call. Well, they got Wilkins as well. So I think if they would line up Wilkins with Van Ginkle, they'll have to put more focus on that side because Van Ginkle's been super good this year, a lot of different positions, honestly. So he's going to be a hot key. A lot of people are going to be expecting him to have a big week. And I mean, he might as well. And like I said, even Wilkins could. It just really depends on, but I'm just going to stick my flag on Chubb because I have him in a lot of best ball. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Joe, what is your IDP pro tip of the week for week 13? Yeah, ironically enough, I almost did go the Van Ginkle route, knowing that he would step in for uh, Jalen Phillips. And when he's gotten the chance, he's been pretty good. Uh, but I decided to go another route. I'm going to go with uh, Carl Granderson. Gets a sack against the Lions. Uh, the last couple of weeks, Goff has been sacked five times. And, you know, which is I've been kind of surprised by the amount of pressure that Goff has been under these last few weeks and leading to all the fumbles that he's had. Um, you know, I really thought the Lions O-line was a pretty good one. And but uh, the last last couple of weeks, we've seen it. And I think Granderson can take advantage. Well, I think it has been a good one, and that's why it's important to look at the most recent trends. You can't look at the full body of work of, of the season because you've got to look really, I'd say, within the past four weeks and see what's happening. And like you said, Goff has been having a lot of pressure. People think, oh, they've got Pini Sewell. They've got, you know, they've got, you know, these great play. They got these great offensive linemen, rank, rank, rag, row, you know, rag now, you know. So it's like one of those things like you would think, like, okay, like, don't start them, but I'm, I'm with you. I think you got to go with the recent trends. Yeah, I think Granderson's up against the weakest part of that Lions line. Um, we got sort of saw a guard and then Decker. Um, Decker is a pretty good left tackle, but uh, they do have Glasso and uh, I can never say his name, dude. So <laughs> can someone please help me? So thank you. Cool. Dude, I can't even his, his brother, when he was coming out of Oregon, I couldn't say his name. It's just. Took my time. But yeah, so I think he is on the weakest part of the line, and I, I think that he's going to explode. So my IDP pro tip of the week for week 13 is to go ahead and start defensive end Sam Hubbard. He had 54 total snaps last week, so he is, you know, he, he's opposing Trey Hendrickson on the line. He is getting a lot of snaps. Cam Robinson, we just heard, is going to be out a few weeks. Uh, they're going to be playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this could be a good matchup for him. I think he's going to end up going to get a sack. I think overall Hubbard's been okay. He's always okay. He's never he's never really great. He's never bad. He's just you know just lukewarm. He's just okay. Uh, but I, I'd say uh, roll him out this week. I think he's going to do well for you. Yeah, I like Sam Hubbard a lot. Um, he's coming off injury. I think a couple weeks he had an ankle thing going. Um, showed up last week pretty well. But yeah, like you said, Hubbard's always kind of lukewarm. He's like that solid DL too that you can rely on. He's going to get you those you know seven to 12 points and they're all going to be from tackles mainly. And then you have Henderson who's on the other side, getting all the sacks normally. So every now and again, um, Hubbard will come down the sack. So I think he's got yeah, four in the season. So I think he's due for one. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think he's definitely potentially uh due for one here. I like your, I like your call, Steve. Thank you, Joe. You know, you've been negative with me all the all this whole episode. So I, I want a little bit of positive from you here. All right. Well, there you go, Steve. I got, you got your positive for your uh, prediction of the week. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, Mace, thanks so much for joining the show today. Uh, where can others find your great work? Yeah, thank you guys for having me on, man. It was a real pleasure. Um, hope I can come on again. Maybe this all season, something like that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, at CaliKing4917. Um, I actually just had a tweet <laughs> featured on SportsCenter on their IG yesterday. Wow. Yeah, my my fiance texted me. I told her to sit uh, Pat Firemuth for Don Kincaid. She wasn't very happy about that, so I posted mm. it. And I was like, when she texts you about fantasy football with a heart, and it blew up. And it was really funny. But um, yeah, I'm also on Fantasy Pros on their uh, ECR. I rank offense and defense. Um, and I'm also writer and 
Jason Anchor over at Fantasy Six Pack. Um, open to talk about ball anytime. Just hit me up. Absolutely. So go ahead and hit Mace up, ask your questions. He's there to help you out. We're also here to help you out as well. If you ever have any questions or comments, go ahead and put them below, especially with IDP uh, this week. Uh, you know, you might have some start-sit questions. Uh, put them down there below. I will give you our advice. We'll be back next week with another IDP guest, and we look forward to that. But until next time.